it's crazy to think that 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 they were using contraception as a form of population control solely for black people in Zimbabwe mm-hmm. black women in Zimbabwe so 1981 and that was not long ago that was yesterday you know in mm-hmm. 1981 yeah, like we can, there's a lot of things experiments contraceptive experiments that's happening till this day still happening mm-hmm. in Africa and a lot of these big companies got got human rights cases against them mm-hmm. but it's like something's going to be done by them because of money yeah 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 and we we have to, it's sad even because once you how much how much um work that was taken for the agencies and organizations who are bringing those human rights cases against um companies who abuse um their ethical um <clears throat> obligations how much work it would have been and we even still have to be cynical about is anything even going to really happen that are we really going to see that change we have to believe we will we have to be like are we going to see the change and say you know what yes we will but sometimes that feels like the kind of yes we will yes we can Sometimes that feels like a yeah. lie we tell ourselves just so we can get up and still fight the good fight. Also, it's a lie we tell ourselves to not take full responsibility of our own personal lives. That's one thing that we as people, just as a human race, need to take accountability for. We're so used to putting our lives and our well-being and our mind and thought into other people that continuously show us that they're not there for us, no matter the race, that they're not mm. there for us. But because of security and safety, yeah. they, they're more of hope. Instead of putting the hope into ourselves, and actually trying to rebuild ourselves mm-hmm. to put that little hole back into the road people and the cycle always carries on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. We it's yeah. important. We look at yourself individually. That's when you see a change because that's when you want to actually stand up for your own personal self, not give that choice to um, another set of group people hoping and wishing and praying that they're gonna do it for you. Because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. never know what intentions that other group of people might have for you or your fellow mankind. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's what it's about. It's about being able to believe in yourself individually and then believe in yourself in your community and then believe in other communities. That's how we have, that is the definition of, of kind of like human endurance. That's real human endurance. They tell you, they will, they've, they've told us as black people, like Sims did, mm-hmm. human endurance, our human endurance is taking pain. That's not our human endurance. What you just mm-hmm. described right there, actually, that's our human endurance. Um, <clears throat> wow. But <clears throat> before we run out of time, um, the, I know because we're doing it. <laughs> it, it, I knew I told you this episode was going to be very very interesting um, yeah so um even today I mean that night that 1981 example in Zimbabwe that was um you know 40 years ago and that's not that long ago oh, well, 40 years ago well, in fact, two. your mum was two 40 years ago. My mum was the age that I am now, 40 years ago. My mum was a late mother, so she had us late. So my mum would have been about turning 21 in 1981 or 20, um, 21. So to think that um, if she hadn't been born to Caribbean parents who just moved to the UK, let's say that they were in Zim, that that would have been um, an exa- that would have been a, a reality that my own mother, who you know I see every single day, it's, it's not like when you think of um, black. Um, black female figures like Harriet Tubman or Sigourney or um, Sigourney Truth or um, or um, Mary Seacole or people like that and you think of the things yeah. they went through it's not like looking at a picture I can I'm gonna see this lady when she gets home from work tonight and know that she lived in a time where this could have happened to her where her reproductive system could have kind of been used against her with in in race politics really and and that, uh-huh. that is Mm, that is scary your mum even your mum would have been a, a a a child and luckily she would have been she was born at the point where they were banning something like this and it wouldn't have, yeah. have, have hit her but you know it 
other people weren't so lucky to be of the next generation you know that there were real women who got through this and that's again yeah, yeah. difficult to remember as a as a black female um but important to remember and I'm happy that we are remembering it um but even today 40 years later here in the UK black women are five times more likely to die during or shortly after of pregnancy than white women um <clears throat> and additionally non-white women are less likely to receive pain medication during and after mm -hmm. childbirth. And that's why it was important that we started to tell you guys about the history of gynecology first and talk about what Sims said and talk about that root in slavery, because it's still here today. Today, um, um, people of color, um, <clears throat> um, especially black people, are less likely to receive pain medication during and after birth. Here in the UK, the um, most vulnerable communities for this kind of medical bias are the um, Afro-Caribbean community and the um, Asian, South Asian communities um, here in the UK. So Ashley, I know you were doing a bit of research about this. What did you find out about um, <clears throat> pregnancy mortality and everything? <coughs> so sorry about that. That's cool. But yeah, what I basically found out about that in the UK is like, they say that the, the number since um since like the last report that they had um pre um, since the previous report they had in 2019 the, um this um information I'm getting it from the House of Commons Library debate packet mm -hmm. PDF that's recently they just recently put a, a report say that it risen from six percent to eight percent so that means before prior to that it was still it was it's gone up two percent so it still wasn't it wasn't a low number so it's actually gone up mm -hmm. and that's made it see many feel like why yeah why we have to ask this question why are black women dying in childbirth why are black women having difficult pregnancies and because we're speaking we're giving you uk figures yeah we're giving you uk figures we're giving you the figures of western black women i don't even want to think about i don't even want to think <laughs> if it's happening here you know what i mean when we have this kind of um robust you know the nhs might be you know always at breaking point but we do have a fantastic nhs a fantastic robust free healthcare system and if, if it's happening here it's happening in the us where they have good healthcare systems oh. you know although they have to pay insurance for it, they have good healthcare systems because they have insurance in the US, as well it's gone up as well for, the numbers have gone up in the us too people of black um people of color the the mortality rate's gone up as well like is like since covid especially since covid happened it's like everyone, especially in, well, what I've kind of looked over and stuff is it's like everyone's kind of disregarding the other side of health yeah. and kind of focusing just on COVID. Mm -hmm. So I think that can also play a part in the rise, also mental health, mm -hmm. um, domestic abuse, substance abuse, um, especially since COVID has mm -hmm. risen up. Like in the UK, it says here in the UK between 2016 to 2018, 547 women died during or up to a year after pregnancy, and that's from cases associated with pregnancy among 2.2 million women who have given birth in the UK. So like that's 34 out of every 100,000 um, um, women died giving child um, giving birth. That's black women. Asian women is 15 out of every 100,000. White women eight out of every hundred thousand and this is like remember that's daily happening. yeah because, because remember the amount of people that's in and that get in the uk and that gets birth as all like set up is like rapid mm, you understand? yeah so, what's that so, channel four show one born every second one is literally born every second yeah like that's that's unusual high rate for a, especially a, a country that has the resources and the ability and the knowledge to prevent these 
Because mm. in Iceland, in Iceland, there's for the, for the past couple of years zero. Like let me um yeah, yeah. in Iceland zero. And they do say the Nordic countries do it better. They do in a lot of issues. Yeah, when you when you when you compare us to the Nordic countries, they kind of have their social. Maybe it's because also I'm I'm not sure about the the racial um politics in those countries. I, I those countries are usually majority still of the um ethnic population indigenous to that country kind of thing. So they don't have a lot of migrant movement. But still, you would assume looking at that, they'd be able to handle the migrant movement because they're doing it okay for the people they have there yeah. already. And I, I like what you're saying about us only looking at um identifying that you know we've um so many parts of health have become forgotten and 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 it's it's very possible that um women of color, um black women um, um, Asian women in this country also are becoming the forgotten ones in the NHS when it comes to their pregnancies and um, <clears throat> it's difficult because you know people in the NHS are working so so hard sometimes you wonder will they even have the time to address these kind of medical race racist biases we know not all hospitals will have this but if it is even in one hospital if it's even in one doctor you know if it's even in um, an experience of one patient it's one too many it's one too many mm -hmm. and I mean I I yeah. don't know um I'm going to ask you a minute about your own experiences, Ashley, because um, I know you, you, you're a mother, you've been through um, pregnancy yeah. and childbirth, but even this past summer, my um, two of my closest friends were both pregnant at the same time. And I was very worried every time I go online and I see a statistic about black women, um, <clears throat> you know, mortality rates. I was, I have to say a little prayer. And, you know, these are young females, young women, same age as me, you know, one of them had already had a child. Yeah. And I was worried. Though, for some reason, black women were dying a lot in childbirth. Mm -mm. There was a lot. A lot of posts on Instagram and stuff. It's black been picking up traction. Us talking about this, and we need to keep on. We need to keep on talking about it because you know, motherhood is something that so many of us would experience in different ways, and a lot of us would experience that through natural, you know, conception and childbirth. And yeah. I don't want to be scared about the time. You know, if God blesses me with pregnancy and blesses me with a child, I don't want to be scared about that child, yeah. that my pregnancy, because I'm black. I want to be scared for the reason that all other mothers are scared because you're nervous and there's this kid growing inside you and you, yeah, you know, your breasts yeah. hurt and your back hurts and all that stuff. But you know what? You know better, Ashley. What what kind of experiences do you have did you have when you were pregnant and um and uh, um, given birth? Well, in my beginning of my trimester, like how I felt physically, it was like a lot of morning sickness, fatigue, you know, the basics, like, that's how mm -hmm. I felt physically, and like, I had a, because I was kind of, oh, I was overweight, I used to be overweight, okay. when I was pregnant, mm -hmm. but I feel like my first trimester, I don't know why, but I, I had rapid weight loss, so I lost a, ra a lot of weight, so mm -hmm. in my first trimester, and like, I was just getting typical feelings of like, you no know, pregnancy, but at the beginning, I would know the basics, but you know, how I felt like emotionally and like, mentally, I was confused, mm -hmm. like, I, I was confused, I felt very vulnerable and fragile and sensitive because not only trying to understand the situation for myself, but also how am I going to understand the situation just in the outer world, but also mm. and how people stepping out of your of your black sphere and then realizing you have to negotiate yeah. with the world with this and yeah. how people are going to react or act towards me now that I am pregnant and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was really anxious. I was like a little bit depressed because also you know just a lot of when you're pregnant. People don't want to put importance to it, but your environment plays a big part mm. when you're pregnant. Mm. Plays a big part when you're pregnant. So if you're in a bad environment, your pregnancy nine times out of ten ain't gonna go the best. The child might be um come um come out perfectly fine and stuff, but you as the mother, yeah, it might not be the best. And no, it isn't going to be the best. That's let me tell you that it isn't gonna be the best because you're gonna have to not only figure out 
mature, like uh, me being a young mother as well, because I gave birth at the age of 17, I got pregnant at 16. Mm-hmm. Figuring out my, me being a teenager, also ch- choosing to become a mother, then also figuring out my outer life as well, juggling all of that, and then also remembering that I've got also, I'm carrying a child. It's a lot to carry. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to carry. Mm-hmm. And also, being a black woman, uh, a black ch- um, teenager pregnant, also, I know there, there's a stigma, a big stigma to all. I understood from the jump that there's a big stigma behind that, knowing that, because basically when I got pregnant, I was like to myself, ah, oh, like the looks, the talk, how they're going to talk about how people are going to treat me now. Especially in our community, Jamaicans, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of people assume Definitely. that we always want people, oh, I got breed up, she did, 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 you know what I mean? All of that. We, are, we are people who have children quite young, most of us, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or we end up having children for, um, you know, a lot of black women will have a child at, you know, 17 and then have another child at 34, you know what I mean? We, we we yeah. tend to reproduce um just like in our culture and how we've been I guess throughout our lives so it's important that we're not yeah. we don't feel like we're slave to those stereotypes you know what I mean but the stereotypes yeah, are there yeah like basically how I felt at the beginning of my trimester like especially to those stereotypes because at the time I also just left secondary school going into college mm. it was just like ment- mentally and emotionally I was worn out yeah but that was but at the end of it at, like at the end of my first trimester when I got my first proper scan like you know make made some realization realism of it like I came to peace on terms with the pregnancy you know That's and like beautiful. my mm. yeah my mood started to stuff like that but it was and it was it was that that that's how I could kind of describe the first um trimester also when it came to like my medical help and like the, like my midwife and stuff like that surprisingly I had a very good midwife Oh, that's good. That's good. good. Yeah. And black women are having good experiences. It's important to talk about that. Yeah. There are black women having good experiences and there are black women bad experiences. But yeah. Yeah. I had a black midwife, so she was quite okay. She was and she was Jamaican as well. Okay. Because of that 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 connection, that understanding. She had a cultural understanding already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it was like she helped me through my all throughout the whole pregnancy and stuff like that. But like what probably affected when it came to like my third trimester what probably affected where um my when it comes to like, the medical attention and stuff like that is like is where when it came to like I said pain mm-hmm. and like when like especially with my labor and things like that and also in my second trimester I used to get a lot of back pain really severe back pain and all to come to find out that my where no wild baby was growing mm-hmm. my pelvis one, one of my nerves got into my okay. Yeah. I yeah. I was having a lot of nerve problems in the back of my back, lower back of my leg, and like it was like I was just getting told the same thing, same thing. Oh, it's just nothing. It's nothing. Like, like kept on saying it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. Until uh, when after I gave birth, and for like a week or so, I couldn't feel the right side of my, my right leg. I'm so sorry to hear that. That must have been so scary, especially as a young mum after just going through birth. Yeah. It was even while I was giving birth, it was like I then lost consciousness because oh. I was losing a lot of blood. That's when I found out I was anemic. Because I didn't know I was anemic. And it's because they didn't kind of like they didn't kind of look into like things like maybe to see if like they didn't pick up on these things prior to that, but maybe some yeah. iron deficiency, maybe you have to give a power blood prior to giving birth. Things like no things like that that doctors yeah. should kind of Yeah. They should they should have they should have known. They should have known. Yeah. Yeah, because like literally I lost consciousness and my body was shaking. They had to kind of in, like force my contractions. So I couldn't push no more. I was losing that much blood. Mm. But in my head, I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, 
all those things could have been prevented because that could have went very, very oh, 10 times worse. Why, what if I lost so much for a complete pass out while I'm pushing? That could yeah. have put my, day, my baby in danger. I mean, I could have been in danger. Mm. You understand? But the little things I could say when it comes to that, the doc, my midwife was perfect, but you see that like, the doctors and things like that, Mm-mm-mm. you can tell as much there. Yeah. Really not while I was giving birth. Mm-mm. Not really for pregnancy, it was okay, but it's like when it came to me giving birth, when it came to the pain situation, yeah, it was like, I would have to, I had to, at one point, remember I was taking gas in, I was like, I was having gas in there, I was like, I think I was like eight centimeters dilated, and I was telling the woman, she's coming, I can feel her, she's coming. Like, yeah. I was like, I need something stronger, something stronger, because I can't take this gas in there anymore, they said, keep taking, just keep taking it, keep taking it, keep taking it, to a point, like, I literally, I lot, if I didn't kind of get upset and get angry, Mm. yeah yeah and that's what happens we have to end up we have to end up making a fool of ourselves up in the hospital yeah you know i mean having our family make a fool of ourselves in the hospital just for people to hear us do you know what i mean and that's just not okay it's luckily you had uh, you know you had a healthy baby and you've had a yeah a, a good a good experience after that but um yeah you shouldn't have gone through well, that oh not so much <laughs> no well I, mm, not really because like after i had her now after I had her, the medical care, like, I had to go and get my vagina stitched because she mm. split me. Yeah, so yeah. The way she stitched it up, first, the stitches came out within a couple of hours, and they're meant to be the, the undissolvable ones. Mm, mm. So I had to get my, my stitches redone three times like, to show you. They weren't, they weren't, they didn't yeah. care too tough. After that job was done, they just went, whoop, so well back up, and you understand? Yeah. They didn't really have a mental state afterwards, you know, like how you'll get a family nurse, and things mm. like that afterwards uh, for the next couple past couple of weeks next couple of weeks um no for because you bleed up six weeks afterwards make sure you know say okay mm. whatever whatever nothing really was when it came to the baby yeah but like for you as a black woman as a, me mm. i didn't really the attentiveness wasn't there as much no also i just lost a lot of blood and whatever and all those things as well the care wasn't there personally for me as a person as much as for the baby yeah i understand yeah. that they're more support should be baby but also at the same time i just also went through a traumatic experience and um, kind of felt like i was getting less high and dry yeah yeah and it's a, it's yeah. important that mothers aren't mothers and all mothers you know mother talking of motherhood really it's important that mothers feel supported and when we're talking about the nhs and um doctors not just nhs but doctors in general across the board we're talking about the issues that can be faced there are so many things that go into you know a hospital and childbirth and looking after mums and there can be reasons that have nothing to do with mental medical racism but the reason why we have to talk about medical racism is that we would we want to know that it's not because of this you know what i mean when you were asking questions yeah. okay, and you what you had to kind of lose your crap you had to ask this question because you might be asking well you know is it is there an issue with me is there an issue with my body is it issue with my baby I'm what is it you're telling me no i'm not in pain it's like is that they just it was like what's the word pre um um it's not prejudice not, oh, i forgot the word yeah and it's another like yeah basically and it's like they were just trying to contradict me uh make me seem like i'm just it's nothing like the pain mm. it's, it's, I've, I've come to realize especially with pain with pain it's like they just there's a big stigma when it comes to pain and black like just black people in general like they just the way the attentiveness that they will have towards another race compared to us is not there they're way more relaxed really back mm. the same questions they would ask others they not all the time they will ask you mm. and you like it just you'll feel something it makes you feel sometimes like you're just another number mm. no, yeah. Another oh, gosh. Uh, yeah yeah 
just another just another thing to tick off the list. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's and I feel like even medical professionals, if they were a bit more involved in the mother's mental health, like more, way more, after within that six week period, after for post, there'll be way more less for postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. If med- medical intervene, like you know, still monitor the mothers after uh, up to six weeks afterwards, mm. will go drop. It will drop because yeah. because we're getting high and dry straight right after, not realizing we're going we're going back to our normal hormones. Or we're going still going through it. We're mm. still basically in pregnancy even yeah. afterwards. People talk about a fourth trimester, don't they? People talk about a fourth trimester after you've had the child, your body's still going yeah. through another trimester because now you're a body yeah. postpartum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like even something certain, like they told me certain basic care when it comes to um looking after. They told me how to look after my daughter, like the fundamentals look after my daughter. But when it came to like, because we bleed, like we bleed um up six weeks, up to six weeks, they gave me a couple pads, but they didn't tell me how to like take care of my stitching. Or you know, make sure uh, you don't. They didn't even tell me that you're not even meant to have sex. Mm. I found out. Mm. So I went you on, uh, found out online, yeah. Pain. Yeah, if you feel too much certain pains, you know, to come back to that. Pain. No, they just kind of just gave me the basics and sent me off my way, on my way when it was time. And I think that wasn't right. That would be personally for me. That's the time when I really did feel like a number. It made me feel really bad about yeah. myself. I feel like because as you can tell, myself, I like to know what I like to do. You know what I mean? If I'm yeah. just doing it. I did not feel like I, I didn't know how to take care of myself after um when I got pregnant. Mm. You understand? Because I'm a first time mother. Mm-mm-mm. So yeah, I feel like they need to be way more attentive. Yeah. To mothers, especially mm. after pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. And this is why this is why we have to have these conversations because there are so many things that go into medicine anyway. Do you know what I mean? And the mm-hmm. last thing we should be having to talk about is medical racism. It's the last thing that any of us have the time to talk about when there's so much going on. But we have to now take that time because us ignoring it for so long is causing experiences like your own and experiences even worse. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 kind of it feels it feels wrong to say that you're one of the lucky ones. Do you know what I mean? Because although you went through that experience, you know, you are here, you know, your daughter's here, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it feels wrong after you've just described that difficult time to be like, but you know what? That's us being one of the lucky ones because there are women who aren't that lucky and that's because yeah. we're not talking about this. The question becomes when we have to think about, okay, where do we go from here? You know, focus on reproductive health for black women everywhere is important for all of us in diaspora. Um, because, you know, mine and Ashley's perspective is a British Jamaican perspective. You know, there are African-American perspectives, there are French Congolese perspectives, there are Afro-Latina perspectives, you know, <laughs> and we need to be hearing all of them. So it's so important to focus on reproductive health, but moving on from it, because we have these conversations and sometimes people don't know where to go. You know, people ask the questions like, is it black against white? Is it black against other people of color? And and I don't think it is. It's, it's us working together to make sure that we are all safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Taking the time to talk about black history, it ensures my safety. Sometimes, as a black person, I'm aware that when we talk about these issues, it's easy for us to seem angry. And in many ways, we are angry, but the conversation is, is never meant to seem accusatory or, or villainizing. It's, it's just meant to be the truth. It's meant to be our truth. And I don't want to be labeled as the angry black woman, but I don't want that pushback. But I have to say this, because if I don't, if we don't have these conversations, we're not ensuring the survival of our race because the survival thus far has been because people said no, because people noticed inaccuracies and pointed them out.
and they did get spit on and pushed back and some people even got killed and people are still getting killed in the name of being black but whether it's a direct attack or latent racism it still hurts us and essentially that's what medical racism is it's a latent racism not being addressed so when we point it out in the medical profession, I'm not, I'm not saying that that particular doctor is a racist or this particular hospital is racist. I'm saying that you're not doing the work that I need you to do to acknowledge these stereotypes, to keep people who look like me safe. You're not doing that work. So although you yourself are not a racist and you have no bad intentions towards me and my people, because you're not acknowledging that historical stereotype and not doing the work to, to break it down, you're taking part in a form of institutionalized racism. And kindly, we need that to change. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Periodic Chats. Doing this special Black History Month episode about black reproductive female health is so important to us because it's shedding a light on something that isn't always spoken about. And we wanted to take this time to thank everybody who is already working in the NHS and other medical institutions to address cultural stigma and help make medicine somewhere that is free and safe for all. So do tune into our next episode, interact with us on Twitter and Instagram and 